If you're still working a nine to five and are feeling super burnt out and ready to throw in the towel, this episode will probably really speak to you. Today, I'm chatting with Erin Owens Mayhew, a former clinical dietitian who hit massive burnout, then quit her job to hike the PCT for several months. She came out the other side with a brand new business idea, selling dietitian-created meal plans for long-distance backpackers. That was back in 2017. Now flash forward a few years, and Erin is making more money through her online business than she ever did in clinical. Her husband even decided to leave his job and join the business so they could spend a few years traveling around the country in a sprinter van while working 100% remote. How cool is that? I've always been inspired from afar by Erin's business and story, but we had never had the chance to actually sit down and connect until this week. In this interview, Erin shares how she knew it was finally time to leave her clinical job, how she launched her business, what her first digital products looked like and what it has evolved into since, and all the lessons she has learned along the way. We also talk a bit about her experiences working and living on the road, and she shares some advice for anyone interested in that lifestyle as well, which was a fun little tangent. Hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, if you want to connect with me or some of the many guests from this show, I invite you to join us in my free Facebook group, the Unconventional RD Community on Facebook. There are over 13,000 food, nutrition, and wellness professionals in there who are interested in entrepreneurship and unconventional career paths. Just search for the Unconventional RD Community and request to join. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Hi, Erin. I know we've never officially met, but uh, I know we both got started in the online business world, maybe around the same time, 2017 or so. And uh, I think we connected maybe through my Facebook group, but I've been watching your journey, growing your online business and everything you've been doing. And I'm very excited to chat with you today and learn more about your story of growing backcountry foodie. Yeah, thanks for uh, having so me. yeah, thank you for being here. So I think you were in a very traditional career path for a long time, right? Um, 16 years. Yes. A long time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think a lot of people listening probably resonate with that. And maybe they're like, oh, I've been doing it for too long. There's no way I could pivot now. So I'd like to start there. Like uh, having been in a traditional RD role for so long, where did you get the inspiration and the courage to switch gears and launch your own business? It was a midlife crisis. <laughs> so, um, essentially, I'd been working as a pediatric dietitian for six, well, 15 or 16 years by the time it happened. I was turning 40. I was working at a really big hospital that was growing and growing, growing. Um, it was getting more and more stressful, as a lot of dietitians probably are having a similar situation where there's fewer staff members and more work. So you're just exhausted all the time, having to take work at home, working on the weekends, that kind of thing. And then I lived in Seattle at the time, and the commute was just getting that much worse because the city was growing. It went from a 30-minute commute when I first started to a two-hour commute each way. So that in itself was just wearing down on me. So I wasn't having time to, I was having to actually get up at like 4.30 to get to work by eight. So that meant I couldn't work out before going to work. And then by the time I got home, made dinner, took care of the dog, you know, all those things, I was exhausted, didn't have time to exercise. So just physically, I wasn't taking care of myself. Mentally, I was exhausted. And I had everything else that you're supposed to have when you're turning 40. I had a nice car, a nice house, you know, secure job, and but I wasn't happy. So it wasn't until just one day I was like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> something's got to change. This isn't healthy. Um, so I decided to just up and quit 
And I'd been wanting, I'm a backpacker. I've been backpacking for just as long as I've been a dietitian. So I decided I want to through hike the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a 2,650 mile hike from Mexico to Canada. So I thought it usually takes about five months or so to do that. So I figured that's a plenty of time to figure out what am I going to do next? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the leap, figure it out. And I did. It was scary, super duper scary. Cause I had no idea what I was going to do with myself afterwards, but in preparing for that, I'd been a long distance trail runner at the time too. So nutrition was already kind of a big part of my life, um, knowing how to fuel for the runs and that kind of thing. And I was struggling keeping weight on just for my runs on long weekends. So here I was going to go like six hour run to now a 10 hour hike day after day after day. And I started panicking. I was like, how am I going to keep my weight on? I got to figure this food thing out. I can't, at the time I'd only hiked three to five days at a time. So things off the shelf at like REI mountain house, you know, backpackers pantry that works for that kind of trip, but those are really expensive. So number one, I couldn't afford that for five months long. Number two, I didn't like the nutrition in them for that long a time period. The sodium in them was just extraordinary. It's just out of this world. So then I started kind of tinkering around the kitchen, making my own recipes, and then realized all those cookbooks weren't fitting my nutrition needs either. Um, they weren't high enough in protein. They didn't have enough carbs. So just being a nerdy dietitian, it wasn't doing what it needed to do. So I ended up developing my own recipes for my trip. And lo and behold, it was like a thing that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> And I was a mentor for nutrition interns at the time. So they're like, you like, this is a passion project. You really ought to get on Instagram and let people know about this. And I was like, I don't even know what Instagram is. You know? So <laughs> initially it was my students that ran my Instagram account for me because I was like, I don't know what this is. So they were posting. And then by the time I started, it was just, it turned into a real thing and people were following me. They were super excited about the whole idea. Um, so that's how it started just as a passion project. And Fast forward, I wrote a cookbook another year and a half or so later, and then fast forward again, we started an online website, and now I teach master classes and have a membership platform, and it's my full-time career, and I can't imagine going back to the hospital. Like, that's not even an option <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so organic, and I feel like the best businesses come from, like, true needs that you just yeah. realize, and you're like, wait this can be a business? Like, okay. Right. You know? No, yeah. it was very unintentional. It was just me <laughs> taking care of myself. And lo and behold, there was actually a real need for it. Yeah. And it's gone on to using my dietitian skills and I'm helping people that are on gluten-free diets. They're on dairy-free. They're on all these different things. And actually the newest development for myself is I've been diagnosed with severe reflux. So now I'm creating all new reflux friendly recipes. <laughs> um, so it's even branching out to more like dietary kind of restriction things than just food for backpackers. Nice. Well, that's exciting. I mean, when you initially took that leap, how did you just, how did you have the courage to go for that? Like, I just want to dig into that a little bit more. I was just like, that miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just the point. It was a breaking point to where I'd actually asked for time off and I needed the amount of time to do the trip was longer than the hospital allowed for their, you know, their time off period. So it was either you quit or you keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, well, there's always another job is kind of what I told myself. There's always another job. Maybe my job that I'd had for so long won't be there, but I wasn't happy there anyway. So, and at the point I was like, you know, if I have to move, I'll move, I'll figure it out. So that's what I did. I just took the leap. I luckily had saved enough money to get by. And I was in a relationship to where my husband, well now husband, boyfriend at the time was like, he knew how miserable I was. So he's like, I'm going to support you. We'll figure this out. So I was really lucky in that way that I had financial support too, to help make it happen. Um, yeah. So yeah. Thanks for sharing more details on that. I feel like that 
is helpful for people when they're like, wait, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and don't wait until your kids are out of high school. That's what I kept hearing. A lot of my coworkers were like, I've got kids in high school. I've got kids in college and that kind of thing. But from what I could tell from them is that that also takes an effect on their children too. So if you're miserable all the time, so mm -hmm. that kind of thing is don't wait until you're old <laughs> to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's great advice. So let's see you, you left and you're on the trail and you're at, when you were hiking, had you already sort of like conceptualized that this might be a business or did you realize it while you were going or when you got back or how did that all go? It was kind of a testing phase. The hike itself was kind of a testing phase, kind of feeling it out. So I, would, I was actually interviewing other hikers along the way, like, hey, like, what kinds of food do you have in your bag? Or do you like your food? You know, are you feeling energized? Are you hitting the wall all the time? So it was actually spent like a research gathering, I guess you could say, um, for the trip. So it wasn't until I got back and people were like, you, we want your recipes. Like, you need to get these out in some format that I made the cookbook. So I got that out. But then I quickly realized that that's not going to pay the bills. <laughs> you have to sell a lot of cookbooks to pay the bills. So that's when it transitioned to the online platform, just because the margins on it are so much better than what a cookbook is. That's such a great point. So I imagine was the cookbook just like a one-off, you know, lowish yeah. fee, whereas what you took those recipes and probably more now, and now it's behind like a recurring membership paywall. Right. Well, yeah. too, what I was kind of worried about with the cookbook is I'd have to wait for an extended period of time to have enough recipes to make a second cookbook. Mm -hmm. So this way I do brand new recipes every single month. So as soon as I come up with something, I immediately upload it at the beginning of the month. So I'm constantly like building the site. So it's actually, I enjoy it more because I'm actually giving things all the time to people as I create them rather than having to like hold on to them and not tell anybody about them um, until I have enough to make a new book. Mm -hmm. Just to compare price-wise, is the monthly fee, what was it, does that look like compared to like what the price of the cookbook was? Um, the original cookbook, I think had like, it was a PDF had like, I started with very, very low because that's all I had at the time. And just to kind of get a feel, I think the PDF was like $9.95. Then the paperback cookbook went up to $14.95. And now I do an annual subscription for just recipes. Bare Basic platform is $36 a year. Um, and then we've developed like this whole meal planning platform too. So that goes on up to $60. And then I go on up to $120 a year for all my classes. So it's substantially higher than where I started at 995. Yeah. <laughs> and still, honestly, that's very affordable in right. the grand scheme of things. In the grand so scheme of great. things, right. Yeah. Awesome. And can we walk through sort of your journey? So you started with the, the PDF cookbook and that's sort of, I see that as sort of like your validation almost, like mm -hmm. you put something out there and people bought it and then right. you're like, okay, like maybe this is a thing. And then, like you said, you're like, okay, it's a thing, but not enough to live on. So right. <laughs> um, can you walk us through in a little more detail, like your journey from noticing that there's something there to growing it into something that could be a full-time income? It's really evolved based on customer needs. It was just based on what people were wanting, what they're needing. And that's why it's grown and grown and grown with time. Because like I said, originally it was just my recipes. It was just what I wanted. Um, so then when I learned more and I did every year, I do another hike, unfortunately, except for COVID years, because we were all shut down. But when I can, I always do a new hike. And those are actually work hikes because I'm asking people questions. I'm testing new things. So each year I've learned more and more and more about my market. So then I have evolved the site based on that too. 
So especially like the meal planning platform, we've that's evolved significantly from where we started in 2019 to where we are today. And like I said, now I'm doing this whole new line of reflux <laughs> recipes just because that's what I'm experiencing. And I posted it on Facebook yesterday and that's blowing up. They're like, oh my gosh, like I've been dealing with this for years. I'm so excited about it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to do it because I needed it, but I'm glad it's going to help you too kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's really totally market driven. Can you give us an example of something that maybe you didn't expect that people wanted that uh, you saw that they're asking for that, and then you created it? Originally, uh, the other thing kind of going way, way back is when I was starting, my backpacking gear was really, really heavy. So I've since transitioned to what's called ultralight backpacking, which is where you cut down as much of the weight as possible. You use very lightweight things. You don't take a lot of extra um, luxury items. So my meal planning is also called ultralight meal planning because essentially like I've cut out all the waste and food. So if it's not providing the nutrition that I want, then it just doesn't get added in. So a lot of those recipes had kind of some obscure ingredients because they were as light as possible, but they're harder to get. They're more expensive and that kind of thing. So I've transitioned to grocery friendly recipes because that's what people are wanting is they wanted to just like, you know, I'm at the grocery today. I want to go backpacking this weekend. They pick up what they need from the grocery store and then they can make it when they go home. They're not having to order from Amazon or all these crazy companies to order things. So that's something I didn't think of initially that I was only thinking light, 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 as light as possible. Now I'm thinking more convenience, still nutritious, but very convenient kind of thing. That's a really great example. So many parallels too. When I was food blogging, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. When you you start to realize, oh, you can you sh well, it's not quite the same. But I was doing like keyword research and trying to figure out, oh, what are people actually searching for? And right. then I work backwards and create that instead of just guessing. You know, essentially right. what people want. Like you can actually collect some data and work from that. So that's a really good example. Well, and I ask our social media group all the time too, like, what do you want? And uh, for the very first couple of years, I was a Facebook lurker, I guess you could say. I was, a, I didn't really participate a lot in the groups, but I was seeing what all the questions were that were being asked. So that's where I gained a lot of the, like the information that I needed to provide the products that were needed at the time. So, yeah, that was kind of going to be my next question. Like, what platforms are you on, and like, how did you find your people? How did you get the your the word out there about what you offer? Um, well, I'm on Instagram and Facebook primarily. Um, I tried Twitter and that's just not my thing. So I kind of pushed that off. Uh, I tried TikTok. I don't have time for videos. So that's kind of got pushed off too. I'm just so busy with other things that I know reels and all that's really like the thing right now. But unfortunately, I just don't have the time to do those. So with time, I've just learned about using keywords. I've learned about like, what are, what are people searching for? So I use hashtags specifically for what people are looking for. Not necessarily what really goes along with the picture. Like if it's like, I don't know, like Mexican cheese dipped, you know, or something like that. I don't put that down as a hashtag because people aren't my, my people, I guess you could say, aren't searching for cheese dip. They're searching for lightweight meals. They're searching for backpacking. They're searching for those kind of things. So I think once I learned that, that really made a difference in helping grow. And two, I do a lot of Google analytics. So I know what my age group is. I know what sex is. I know like all those kind of things. So you know, what words to use for those kind of people. But that wasn't until within the last two years that I really started pinpointing that kind of thing. And then you have a Facebook group, it sounds like? Just a Facebook page. Oh, okay. I, I would love to but do a group where, yeah, I would love to do a group where people can talk. But again, it's one of those things I just can't keep up with anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we oh, actually have a forum in our premium service okay. where people interact in there. So nice. Okay. So you, you have ways to communicate with your people and get that right. feedback. That's great. And how long did, would you say that it took to grow it into something that could replace your, your full-time income? 
Well, the other part was my husband quit his job in 2019 and we moved into a sprinter van. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk so, about that. Yeah. So we got, to, he got to the point where I was, where he just needed a change too. So, and I was kind of stuck with foodie um, that I just wasn't getting growing as much as I wanted to primarily because I don't have the business background. I have zero business training, the marketing, the budgeting, you know, all those kind of project management things. And that's what my husband does for a living. He's a project manager. So we're like, this is a perfect time for you to leave. Let's go travel because we're tired of the two hour commute. Let's figure out where we want to leave next, live next. Then he took on all the web design and all those other pieces that I was struggling with. Um, So we spent all of 2019 essentially building what we have now. Um, Then in 2020, we were growing, growing, growing. So by the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, like we were full on not using our savings anymore. And then he left and went back to work (laughs) (laughs) because he missed his career. Um, So now it's been my full-time career all by myself since, let's see, where are we? 2022. I've got to think of the years. Um, September of 2021 is when he went back to work and then I've been full on myself. So our ultimate goal is to build foodie up back up again, enough to where he can leave again and we can travel full-time again. So yeah. Did COVID impact that plan? We did really well, believe it or not, (laughs) because people were stuck at home. So they were watching videos and they were doing those kind of things. So my master classes did really, really well. Um, And then once people are able to go outside, they still weren't able to do a lot of other traveling. They couldn't, you know, couldn't go go on airplanes and that kind of thing that I think they were spending a lot of time backpacking. So we did really well. So actually this year it's slowed down because I think now people are doing other vacations. (laughs) So (laughs) they're not backpacking as much. That makes sense. And where do you get, where do you, like, based on your analytics and stuff, where do you think the majority of your new customers are coming from? Like location-wise? Uh, no, like marketing channel-wise. Believe it or not, 75% come to our website cold. Nice. So they're coming and buying immediately, which I've been That's trying to decide great. if I want to, all this effort I put into email marketing, only 25% of them are converting. I've been trying to decide like, do I want to spend that kind of time on email marketing? Um, but I am because that's able another way for me to teach and reach our market and that kind of thing. It's something I enjoy doing, but most of our folks are coming from social media or YouTube is where they come from or friends is kind of our next one that's coming up and podcast. So I do a lot of podcast interviews. Mm-hmm. That's great. And then, so they come on, would you say that most of them are signing up for the subscription service? Is that your main offering right now? Yeah, that's our main offering. Nice. Well, that's exciting. I'm excited for you. I just remember (laughs) when I heard, I remember when I heard about your business, like I'm not a backpacker whatsoever, but I was just like, yes, that is a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the only person doing it. So, I mean, there's other dietitians out there doing some nutrition coaching for like endurance sports and that kind of thing, but None that are actually providing like the recipes and especially the meal planning platform. There's no other one like ours Um, and it's fully automated. It's pretty awesome. I have to say, yeah, I used to do everything by hand and now I do it all on the website because it just, it calculates all the nutrition for you. It tells how much water you need to pack. So you don't have to think about that. So if you're planning for like a desert hike and your meals start adding up to a lot of water, you're like, oh, that's a bad idea. So you already know before you even get to the trail that you need to make an adjustments before you get there. That's and it awesome. makes a shopping list. So it tells you exactly like four cups of almonds and two tablespoons of this or three cups of that. Um, so you don't have to do all that by hand either. And is that something that your husband built out for you or did you? It's a plug-in. Wow, amazing. <laughs> Even WordPress better. recipe maker. It's a yeah, plug-in. <laughs> great. I love WordPress recipe maker. Yeah. That's a really, really great example of how to use yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd love to like 
dig into that more. Yeah, because I've only used it for just like regular recipe blogging, but I do know like at the higher level of the plans, they do more advanced things like the shopping list and stuff. So our whole, our entire meal plan, our whole site is built on recipe maker. That's amazing. So for anyone listening, I bet there's somebody listening who is like tuned into some obscure niche somewhere (laughs) where like a similar concept could apply. So like, I really, I really just admire the creativity and like ingenuity that you've had. Oh, it's definitely take that for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So I guess a fun question that I sometimes like to ask people now that you're in, you've been doing this for like, what, five years or so now? Uh Yeah. Taking yourself back to the beginning. Is there anything that you would maybe do differently from the beginning, knowing, you know, what you know now and all the experiences you've been through? I wish I had spent more time looking for more resources resources initially. Now I have these amazing coaches here, uh, business coaches that if anybody's looking for a coach, SCORE, just S-E-O-R-E, I forget what the acronym stands for, mm-hmm. um, provides free business coaching. Um, I think they're across the, the country and they're amazing. I have three coaches that will meet with me as often as I need to. They're all retired business people. Um, so I've gotten a lot farther just from having those people helping me out. So it took me five years to like get that kind of resource. Um, initially I paid for a lot of things that I wish I hadn't paid for just because I just, I was like, I need help. But mm-hmm. at the same time I was hiring people that didn't understand my niche. So they weren't as good a help as they could have been. So I kind of wish I would have thought that through a little bit more, but at the same time I was developing my niche. So I wasn't as dialed in then anyway. So that's kind of where I think about like how much money I spent initially that I kind of wish I hadn't, but it is what it is. It was part of the learning curve. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Everyone has those stories and experiences. Yeah. I guess I, my question is like, what about, so I like how you mentioned, maybe you were looking and hiring, looking into and hiring people that maybe didn't fully know your niche. So how did you you know, figure out what, like, how did you even figure out, okay, I can use WordPress recipe maker to make this like meal planning membership site. Like you just, is it all self-driven or? That was all self. That was my husband. He completely built the website. I'm not even sure how I came across it, to be honest, (laughs) because I had zero website design ability. Um, I think back to what my original website looked like, and it was horrible (laughs) compared to where I am today. I mean, there was no SEO. There were no color schemes. There was no font. You know, all of that is now very fine-tuned to develop that based on what our customers are. So yeah, we've come a long, 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 long way. I almost wish I had taken some screenshots. It was so bad <laughs> to be able to go back and look at it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there is a website called Wayback Machine uh, where really? it, it takes screen, well, like screen grabs of websites at earlier points in time. So you could use that to go back. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so no, it was all, all of this has been self-taught. Nice. Well, kudos to you. Cause yeah, I mean, thanks. yeah same here like it may take a little longer if you do it yourself but you can do it yourself if you're short on cash and that's like I think it depends about a little bit about knowing your personality like some people are great at just like you know I'm just going to figure it out and do it and then maybe other people do better with guidance so I know yourself but if you are a self-driven person like it's definitely possible just to like carve your own path I guess like Mm -hmm. I feel like the lesson is, you know, don't be afraid to do something different, I think, or like be unique. I feel like that's, that's you and your brand Uh, and everything from, yeah, everything from being on the road. Yeah. I think it's key to be unique because you're not 
having to compete with all the other people that are doing the same thing as you. So I think that's why I'm doing as well as I am, because I am the only one that's doing this versus if I were competing with all those other outdoor dietitians that are helping people fuel for their trips and that kind of thing, then that's a lot more competition there versus me actually just doing the one thing that I do really well. Yeah. It's so like mind boggling to me. Like no one before you had even like thought of that idea. Cause it's such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just kind of like, it just happened, <laughs> but it takes a lot of work being in the kitchen all the time. So, so it's, not, it's not an easy job. It's a yeah. lot of bad taste testing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen some of your posts where you're like dehydrating stuff and it seems yeah. very, um, very like not technical, but more technical than the type of cooking I usually do. <laughs> right. No, I'm very type A. So it's yeah. all down. All of our recipes are are computerized. So before I even go to the kitchen, I put it into word process or food processor. Mm -hmm. So I make sure like all the numbers and nutrition does what I want it to do. And then I go to the kitchen and then I kind of fine tune there and I still have my computer right there. So I'm like, Oh, I need to fine tune this. Does that make the nutrition work how I want? No. Okay. I can't do that. So let me do this. And then I fine tune it all there. So it's very methodical when I do it. Nice. Uh, so I guess I'd like to dive a little bit more into running a business on the road, because I think that is something that a lot of people in my group have talked about before. Like they're just interested in like a virtual business on the road. So what was that like? Like what were the best parts and what were the hardest parts of living and working out of a van? The best part is the freedom. I just, I loved, we saw so much of the country and we we liked being outside. That's what we do. Um, so we saw so much of the country that we never would have been able to see had we both stayed with our old jobs because we are tied to the jobs and you have three weeks vacation, you know, a lot of that goes to family vacation. And then we never would have been able to drive two weeks to a spot just to see it for a day kind of thing. So we drove 70,000 miles in two years. And then we would stay somewhere for two days. If we liked it, we'd stay a week. If we didn't like it, we'd move on to the next place. So that was probably the best part is just always waking up in these beautiful scenery, the freedom to, if I have what I call breathing breaks, um, I'm able to just walk out the van door and go for a hike and just have some downtime and just to decompress and that kind of thing that I can come back and then I go back to work again. The difficult part was the internet. <laughs> um, because of where we chose to live, we always wanted to be on BLM land and the forest and that kind of thing that I think the technology is getting a lot better now um, with satellite, internet and that kind of thing. But for us, I'll never forget the times where I really started teaching master classes and we would inch the van literally inches to find the perfect cell signal. And then we would get right before the class started, we're like, stop. And then we'd hustle and get the table out and like set up everything. <laughs> and then I'm like, <laughs> out of breath and I'm getting ready to teach. I'm like, sorry. And they all knew that I lived in the van. So they're like, it's okay. I'm like, take five minutes before you start. So that was the hardest part is for us is working 100% virtually because we didn't like to spend time in town. Um, and it got to the point where we went through three different hotspots, like all these different phone plans and that kind of thing that we would spend kind of creepers. We'd been in the McDonald's parking lot for 10 to 12 hours in a white van. <laughs> and then McDonald's has the best Wi-Fi. That's so funny. If anybody's trying. Pro tip. Yeah. Oh, pro tip. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> So that was the tough part. I mean, then there's the, obviously the part of like taking showers and all that kind of thing, but business related wise, it was really primarily. And then we got to where too, we needed more computer space because I just, we were really building the online platform. So we were needing bigger monitors and that kind of thing. And that was just getting to where I was having to like sit with a laptop on one and laptop over here. And it just wasn't enough space for us. So that kind of got challenging as we grew too. 
Did you upgrade? I feel like at one point, did you upgrade from a sprinter van? <laughs> we ordered, we custom, because we got to the point we needed more space. So we custom ordered a fifth wheel, an enormous fifth wheel <laughs> with, um, no, I've forgotten what the end of it's called, a toy hauler. It's the kind that has like a complete garage in the back. So we were going to turn that into an entire office space. But this was during COVID times when they were out of stock. You just couldn't get them. Um, so it was on back order for months and months and months. And this was at the time too. My husband was transitioning into his new job. We were still going to, he was going to work for a few months and we were going to travel a few months, work for a few months, travel. But because we couldn't get the fifth wheel in time for his new job, we had to decide right then and there, like, we can't live in the van with you, you not taking a shower and needing to go to work. So we just decided to let the fifth wheel idea go. And now we're in a house. <laughs> Nice. With four solitary walls. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go back to the same area you started or are you somewhere different now? No, we're, we're in Orchid, California, which I'd never, we'd never been here. So I don't even just, know where that is. <laughs> I didn't know where it was either. <laughs> so it just so happened that my husband's new job is in the entire central coast. And this ended up being a nice little spot for us. I was ready for small town living after living in Seattle. So we're small town. We're 10 miles from the beach. We're not even an hour from the mountains. So it's kind of working out really well doing what we're doing for now. So do you have any tips for somebody who has aspired to be a digital nomad? <laughs> uh, anything to make their life easier? Maybe if they're thinking about making that transition. It's a lot of work. If you're going to build a van, it's a lot of work. <laughs> That's one thing I don't think I'm ever going to do again. Um, so if you can afford to have somebody build one, then that's actually probably the better way to go because it was a lot of work and a lot more expensive than we thought it was going to be. But at the same time, we built the van specifically for foodie. So it was specifically designed to have the kitchen that I wanted um, and that kind of thing. And to have the space for my food took up three quarters of our garage <laughs> for that kind of thing. So just kind of thinking long and hard of what your goals are for using the van, whether or not you feel like you need a shower in there or if you're okay, like using a gravity shower and that kind of thing. So the build itself really makes a difference in how you feel during the day. So, so interesting. Yeah. Do you think there's like a time limit on how long you can like be in a van before you go crazy or like, I loved, I would, yeah. if I could go in it tomorrow, I would move tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. My husband, on the other hand, I'm a backpacker that can sleep on the ground yeah, nonstop. So I'm fine living with very, very little, but he got to where it was just getting too confined. It's 60 square feet. It's pretty tight, but because of where we always parked for me, like our backyard was endless because I right. would sit outside in a chair and a table and it just you had all the space in the world but he missed the showers and like I said like computers were starting we were getting on top of each other and that kind of thing so um, I think we would have done fine in the fifth wheel having some more space but it was getting kind of tight yeah how like so now you're at a house and you're you just like double down hard on growing the business Pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's kind of funny, like our house is completely empty because we sold all of our furniture. <laughs> so the only furniture we own are our desks. <laughs> we finally bought a bed and we finally bought a couch That's so funny. after six months. But yeah, so pretty much like I've, this is what I do all day long. We've just really are working hard on it. Um, and it's been a significant learning curve since Chris went back to work because now I've had to learn how to do the website. I've had to learn how to use QuickBooks. So when he first went back to work, I panicked. I'll be completely honest. I panicked because I didn't know how to use any of these things, but I've since now I understand it. Like now it's a lot easier 
And I found a developer that's doing all my day-to-day things when they break. Mm-hmm. So that's taking a lot of stress off me. It took me three developers to find that person, but he's been amazing. Actually, he and she, it's a whole group of people. Nice. Um, so that's been really helpful. So I can go back to being a dietitian a little bit more than the computer person. Yeah. How did you find reliable help? Because that's a question that comes up often. <laughs> Your Facebook group. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> One of my dietitian friends posted about like web development or something. And I was like, well, I don't need really web development. I need somebody that can help on the back end. So I just kind of Googled them and kind of interviewed her. And sure enough, like she's an awesome fit. They have a whole team that does graphic. They do web development. They do day-to-day like plug-in breaks, marketing. Right. So and they just have a really good system worked out where you, they use Basecamp. It's kind of a communication platform for tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been really well. I leave that open up all day. So if something breaks, I'm like, oh, Joey, click, 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 <laughs> click. this is broken. Can you like see what's wrong? Yeah, that kind of for thing. sure. I know that life. <laughs> oh, and plugins. I, we have probably close to 30 plugins yeah. now. So it never fails that they update and it breaks something else. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. spending so much time just managing that, that it's been quite a relief finding somebody else to do that for me. Good. Yeah. And it looks like I was poking around on your site and I like how you have, you know, all of the people on your team now. Uh, it looks like you also have some blog contributors at this point. So can you fill us in on who those people are? Are they like paid? Are they volunteers? Like, How did you find them? When did you start bringing people on? Like all that, all the details there. I hate to write. (laughs) That's like my least favorite thing to do. I love being very analytical in the kitchen, but I hate to write anything. Um, So this was back in COVID time when people were out of work. And I was like, you know, content is king. When you have a website, you need a blog, you need content constantly being published. So I was like, you know, and I've got some extra money right now. So I hired a ton of dietitians. I think I had like six or seven at the time that had different specialties. And that was part of it too, as I was getting asked a lot of questions that I didn't know a lot about. So I'd hired a dietitian that had GI experience. I had another one that had diabetes experience, another one that had this kind of experience. So actually I have a backlog of, I think a hundred posts from just COVID where they just turned out all this um, content for me. And now I've since hired a dietitian to help me get that all online because I just don't have the time to do that. So I've taught her and she's learned on her side too, like all the SEO things, you know, all that kind of stuff. So she's uploading those posts and kind of optimizing them all. Um, So we're slowly getting all that backlog of stuff online. Smart, smart. Again, yes, they are paid. (laughs) Yeah. You're like listening to your audience again, creating content to meet their needs. And I love that you don't try to do it all. You're like, <laughs> I can't. No. Yeah. I tried and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good role, role model. I don't know that's the right word, but a really good example um, right. of, yeah, knowing what you're good at and what you like to do and what you don't like as much and outsourcing right. that stuff. Outsourcing what has to be done that you don't like to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. So are those people still working for you or you, it was like a batched thing and then it was like project based or so that was batched because I couldn't afford to pay them full time. So when COVID was over, they're like, I need a real job with benefits here. And I'm like, <laughs> can't help you. <laughs> so they've moved on to full-time jobs again. So those I've, I have them on there because they wrote all the content. I'm not going to sure. take, I'm not going to take, um, ownership of all that because I didn't write it. So I do have somebody else that's pretty much on part-time for me that really manages all that kind of stuff for me. So she's a stay-at-home mom dietitian that just needs something to kind of keep her brain live, you know, that kind of thing. So she's doing all that for me. And then I tried having a virtual assistant uh, for a while, which was helpful when we went through the transition of 
me learning how to manage all this stuff myself, but I've since now that I've got all that under control that I don't need her anymore because there's just not as much work as there was before. So, but it was really helpful when I needed her. Mm -hmm. And where do you see the business going? Like in the next year, maybe like five years, 10 years, love to hear like your big vision. I'm getting close to having the website, the platform pretty well dialed in because we've been really manipulating it and building it and that kind of thing to meet all of our needs. So I think we're pretty close to having it done. Um, We're currently working on a hiking calorie calculator, which has been a dream project of mine for a long time. So that's kind of the next big project. And then I want to shift to the coaching portion. I want to start doing more nutrition one-on-one coaching on the side kind of thing, because people now that they're learning about me, they're reaching out to me and asking for help. And that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy people helping them the most versus, like I said, all this website stuff. It's it's necessary evil, I guess you could say. It has to be done, but I truly help like doing the actual coaching part and the teaching. Nice. So I'm envisioning like that's my next pivot is to do more of that and letting the website kind of run itself. Great. And then having also multiple arms of income, that's right. great. And <laughs> could even grow a team of coaches. Who knows? Right. I'm just curious because I have like no frame of reference. How big is like the backpacking community? It's big. Yeah. (laughs) I I wish Booty were bigger because the backpacking community is big. (laughs) But what I'm I'm actually just recently started doing surveys for our newsletter subscribers to kind of get a better feel for who people are. Um, And that's, I think, where I'm so niched down to. I'm more like the long distance people that are out for weeks at a time um, that most backpackers go out on the weekend for maybe an overnight kind of thing. They may only go out for a one or two weekends for the year, or maybe one week at a year kind of thing. So that's actually kind of another pivot that I'm going to try and do is help those people that don't need the entire service that I offer, because most of mine is really designed for people that are out there for long periods of time. So that's where we are with that too. Nice. And I imagine since you have such a tight niche and like clear person that you help, do you get a lot of like word of mouth referrals too? Yeah, I'm getting, that's what we rely on too a lot because we have such an inexpensive product that advertising is just not as cost prohibitive. So the amount of dollars per click just doesn't in the conversion rate and that kind of thing, it just doesn't make sense for us because the margins just aren't good enough. Um, so I rely heavily on word of mouth and I actually just built a new foodie fans, um, Facebook page or Instagram page, because I keep getting all these awesome testimonials that are just sitting in my inbox. It's like, why are they sitting here? Like I should be sharing like all this, (laughs) that people are saying like how excited they are and how great they feel. So we just started an Instagram account of just posting people's experiences with our food. Nice. And you just said you are getting into YouTube too. Is that we, this was, I wish I could do more YouTube. This when Chris <laughs> wasn't working, he was, he's the video guy. He does all the editing. So we were actually making quite a few videos back when he wasn't, when he was with foodie, but now that he's full time, he just doesn't have the time to do the editing. And I have no interest in the editing, <laughs> to be honest, it's just one more thing. So I would like to go back to more videos. So again, kind of, if I'm able to get less time spent on the platform and more time doing that, then we'd probably do more YouTube videos again. Yeah. Nice. Great. But they're well, still getting like hundreds of thousands of views three, four years later. So yeah. Yeah. That was kind of going to be my question. Like how big is your audience? I don't think we've touched on that at all, but I wanted to talk about how big your audience is. And then like, you don't have to share exact numbers if you don't feel comfortable, but like, is this something where you, you're now out earning what you were earning in your mm-hmm. full-time job as a dietitian? Like, is that yes. possible? Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, YouTube, I think last time I checked were like 11,000 subscribers. 
and I haven't put any video out since probably this last summer kind of thing. Um, so I'm now putting like all these podcast interviews that I'm doing on video. So I'm kind of putting those out so people are seeing the things that I'm doing um, behind the scenes. So yeah. And our Instagram, I think we're just shy of 17,000 um, followers. And then Facebook's grown a lot slower. I think we're at like 6,000 followers there. I mean, that's pretty good for Facebook, honestly. Like, oh, really? It sounds, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like uh, pages are a little harder to get traction on unless you're like super strategic, it seems like. But it sounds like you're getting good engagement on it anyway. So yep. that's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. And hopefully for people listening, this is like a story of, wow, you know, this person was really feeling in a rut and totally turns that around to surpassing what they were making in the job that you didn't even like. And now you're doing something you like and I love, you're earning yeah. more. Yeah. Sorry. Like is not the strong enough word. <laughs> <Love>. <laughs> I work a lot harder too. So yeah. it's not easy. I'm sure you'll agree. Having your own yeah. business is not easy. It requires a lot of work. And actually I have, still have quite a few interns, nutrition interns across the country that rotate oh, nice. through me virtually. And they want, they come to me like, oh, I'm starting a business as soon as I graduate. And as soon as they finish the rotation, they're like, maybe I'll think twice. <laughs> because they think it's so glamorous. I'm like, it's not glamorous. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into it. That yeah. Maybe eventually it could be kind of glamorous, but just to have a real expectation of what you're getting yourself into. For sure. And it depends. I mean, I've just always found if I like the work, then I, I mean, I, I just like doing work that I enjoy. So it, it is a lot of work, but it's fun. And then sometimes I compare that to sometimes like what my husband's going through where he's also working very hard, but he maybe doesn't love it. Right. <laughs> and I would a thousand times over take what I'm going through versus the right. other option. Well, my husband wish I didn't work as much. <laughs> like, but I love it. Like I've got like my brain's just like, go, go, go. Yeah. Like all these things that I want to get done. And he was like, it'll be there tomorrow, Aaron. Get out, yeah. get out of your office. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It's always a balance, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's fun when it, when it starts to work, it's like, Oh my gosh, like I did it, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess to wrap things up, what would be if you had to give like one piece of advice for people listening who might be contemplating the leap into leaving a full-time job and going into an online business of some kind, like what would be your best advice for those people? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> like just be confident in yourself, believe in yourself, know it's going to be hard. It's not going to be, and there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road. I mean, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. But for me personally, just the it, the benefits now far outweigh where I was before. So I'm so glad that I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to make it happen. And like I said earlier on, there's always another job. The, you know, if you if you sell your car, there's always another car. There's always another apartment or house. There's always, you, you can do all those things again. If you have to get rid of those things to make it work financially, you can always go back and do those things again. So. Great. Well. Where can people go if they want to follow along? Like what's the best platform for them to follow you? So our website where all the recipes and the meal planning and the master classes are is backcountryfoodie.com. And then you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Like I said, um, it's Backcountry Foodie. And there I'm there. And I accept emails all the time. Like I love talking to people. So if you have questions, even if it's just about starting up a business, feel free to reach out to me because I'm happy to share, like I said, the, all the bumps in the roads <laughs> that I've, I've gone through. I'm happy to kind of talk through that. Yeah, that's really generous of you. And I know occasionally I like mention you in my Facebook group when people are asking about like living on the road or like unconventional businesses. I'm like, I know. She's been there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, um, it was great 
to catch up with you and um, chat a little bit more about your life and your business. Is there anything I didn't ask about that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I think that pretty well covered everything. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. All right. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will catch you next week with more great online business and SEO tips.